people just had a really hard time with that pandemic. They were locked up inside their house. That's like the worst thing you can do for anyone struggling with mental health problems. Mm -hmm. Isolate them. And we have a lot of people that are really hurting. Those crazy meds in the drug business that say you can never get enough of something that almost works. All of those SSRIs and whatnot, they almost work. Even look at the, the action, the science in the action. Now that I'm more versed on the neurology and the neuropharmacology of things, I go, wow, that was really like, that's like a scattershot, hoping that that's going to yeah. work. But psilocybin does work mm. and people are hurting. And it would be really hard. It would be almost like sadistic at this point to deny people this, a natural medicine that they can help themselves with. Because you have a lot of people that will suffer, suffer in, in birth. They'll suffer in pain and agony because something isn't legal. It's incredible to me. I'm sorry for them. Incredible to me. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I am your host, Eric Osborne. Courtney is not going to be on this episode today. We've been kind of taking some turns on who's doing the interviews based on who's got the fullest plate outside of the podcast work. You may know that we are also founders and directors of Sanctuary, the Sacred Mushroom Church. We got a lot going on. Sanctuary is developing a minister training program. We're already in phase two, or in round two, rather, of our cleric training program. We've got a subtle sacrament program that we're rolling out. We've got Sunday meetings and Wednesday meetings that we do with the community. We had our first in-person Sunday service a couple weeks back. That was really incredible. We have been going on, what now, 78 or 79 weeks consecutively doing Sunday services where we offer integration and inspiration opportunities that is open to the public via Zoom. We also do quite a few sacrament services. we got a weekend retreat coming up here soon. We've got a lot of, lot of great things going on, and this podcast is one of them. Courtney will be back very soon, and I'm looking forward to bringing her sweet voice back to you all. She is an inspiration, I know, to so many other than myself. She didn't get to listen to this conversation, or she didn't get to join in this conversation with Charles, like I said, but hopefully she'll listen, and hopefully you will enjoy it as much as I did. Charles Lazarus is a legend in <laughs> many, many realms. He has been a professional musician for quite some time. He got involved in large-scale cannabis production, and now he has created what I think is probably the most esteemable public psilocybin product out there. He's got a chocolate bar in Jamaica. The brand is Patu. It is a beautiful product. From the feedback that I've been getting from others and my own experience with Patu, it is top quality chocolate, top quality mushrooms. So Charles is going to share his journey with you and some of his personal philosophy. And like I said in the last introduction for the Darren LeBaron interview, Charles Lazarus is the real deal. He is someone that is actually making and working with the medicine and the product that he provides, which is crucial. And I don't mean like he just nibbles on a chocolate bar every now and then. No, Charles talks very directly about his experiences, how they've changed his life. He even gets into the subject of 
LSD, and you know how I feel about that. If you haven't listened to the interview with Dr. Ivan Castleman, where we talk about his LSD expertise, you might want to go back and check that out. Otherwise, I hope you really, really enjoy this show. Go follow Patu on Instagram. Check out their social medias. And if you ever get to Jamaica, get you one of those chocolate bars. All right. See you on the other side. Charles Lazarus, the legend. Welcome to Psilocybin Says. <laughs> it's Eric Osborne, the legend. <laughs> I just gave you that. You can't take it back. How, how are you doing, brothers? Really nice to be invited to hang, come hang out with you for a little bit. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Favorite, to geek out and high five on our favorite. Geek, geek out on the shrooms. Yeah, man. Things are going good up here in, uh, in the States. We've been back up here out of Jamaica for a while. Had a little bit of back and forth here uh, since I left in 2020 but overall kind of getting settled back in here for the time being what about in your world you, you were recently in the states yeah i'm 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 there um constantly back and forth because i'm keeping my finger on the pulse of what's going on up there it's very interesting and it's our big neighbor and uh, i think it's going to influence just the direction that we take down here because we can't help it so i've just been keeping my finger on the pulse because it's fun it's interesting so i've been like going and checking out the regs in places like oregon that is coming up in january mm -hmm. just like what, what what is it what like what are they talking about what direction are they going to go in it's just interesting to me yeah so, so how there, but no right now i'm in jamaica i'm in jamaica. right right so how are you seeing things developing in jamaica around psilocybin since i left out God, two years ago, things have got to be changing. What, what's the landscape looking like? Um, you know, I, I hope I don't put my, my foot in my mouth because I unfortunately don't keep as abreast to what's going on in like a, from a regulatory standpoint if there's, if there's anything going on. Um, and I try not to get bogged down in press articles or you know, or, or any foreshadowing of good, bad, or evil, or in between. Um, I am hands on boots on the ground because, as you know, I, we have a consumer brand and um, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't know exactly the position of, of the other consumer brands, but I know that we are growing and we're man we manage to touch a lot of people and there's a lot of great feedback that comes in from users and, and people that are f um, fond of the brand. So that's really where I kind of I focus on. I just don't want to get too bogged down in things. But I would say that it's been really progressive. I see the retreat side um, has blossomed quite a bit, which is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm traveling, I'm always around people that are like, oh, we just got back from Jamaica, right? And, and they all have good experiences, which, is, which has been good. Like everyone I've spoken to, unless they're, they're just trying to say that to me so I won't feel bad, but they've all <laughs> seemed to have had really great experiences. I, as you know, Jamaica has that power center energy. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I direct people to, um, to Jamaica and the people that I know, because I think one of the biggest compliments you can give, um, but not just compliments, but the, 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 a profound thing to say to someone who is looking to go on a retreat and do this big, um, have this big experience is to say, uh, if I were in the throes of, of that, you know, of something profound, and I needed a little support, and I opened my eyes and I saw Eric was there, I would feel comforted. So 
that's really how I direct people. I go, this person would make me feel comforted. Mm -hmm. you know? That's the most you can really say. I mean, we're all different. Um, so, yeah, to, to get back to your question, I would say that on the retreat side and the tourism side, I've seen just so much growth. And then, you know, uh, there are a lot of other products that have come on the market now. I mean, we stuck our neck out there with Patu really far um, for the chopping block and tested <laughs> to see if an axe would come down. And the axe didn't come down, so we just handled it like a product, like a very conscious product. But, you know, it's a product and we're... You know, we, you know, have people, our dis distribution, and we train um, people at the floor level, and we try to fine-tune um, a copy of what people can expect, and we like to add support. And then, of course, my partner, Kevin, he's the don of that. He's marketing boss. And then I'm on the production side and just the, the genetics side, which I really enjoy. And, and the feedback side, because I also have, like I try, just like you, I'm sure, I try to grow other things, and then I don't have the time to take mushrooms every single day. That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. So then I have to trust people who hold ceremony with different medicine and get the feedback of the personality of different fruits. And then I just keep um, a really nerdy, geeked out uh, spreadsheet on these genetics, what number transfer, what was the yield wet like, what was the yield dry like, what did I get first flush, second flush, third flush, how many flushes were there, um, and what was the personality. Um, and if I kind of select in the wrong direction, I keep all the versions that I can go back to and scrap the work I thought I did mm -hmm. and go back to where it was and then narrow it down because at first, I was just, oh, a million strains. I have to get, and then you know that's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. like, I mm -hmm. spent a year, I invested a year where I would say I failed. I only learned not to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't do that. So now I just do exactly the fruits that I know that I, which you could have probably told me. You could have saved me years. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just do... Um, one, you know, as like a, a select a, view, a bunch of personalities, and then um, and then I just keep working those and try to get those better. Mm -hmm. So you know, talk one talk of a which little, is in Patu. Yeah. yeah, talk a little bit about that special strain, if you would. That that blew my mind. Yeah, um, I and I'm happy that you validated that I'm not talking out of my back well i mean i still i still would want yeah. to see the genetics run on it but but phenotypically yeah, like looking at it it, it looks yeah. like a, an, a distinct hybrid of two different species yeah, yeah. it's I, I think it's i can't take credit for it um jamal james created that right mm. and, well he's a part of the team and he created that and what he did was he just had did a smear of two different, uh, the local cyanessons and then um, a penis envy, and uh, managed to get it to produce mycelium and then transfer, 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 transfer. And then we've just been taming it for a long time. So that was 2013, almost 10 years, wow. taming it and trying to get it to flush wow. better. And, but it, it's, because um, we wanted the Jamaican cyanessons, you know? 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're really small. So you, you go wild harvesting, mm-hmm. find them, you have to almost eat them right away because by the time you get to the car, mm-hmm. they've disintegrated. So we wanted to get that. And well, Eric, we haven't really put in much more time into it. And I would like to get back to that project, but I really would like to get it to fruit inside, you know, spend some time working on it. But we wanted it and it, we didn't have the skill set at the time to do so. And then um, Jamal did this, you know, pull this rabbit out of a hat. Could he do it again? I don't know. But we've managed to keep it going. And um, it just has that really great personality that would be great for uh, a macrodose bar. Mm. You know, it kind of, in my experience, it kind of puts you, you got to sit down for a bit with it, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't just run around the place. You're going to have to sit down a bit. But some people are different. I, I, I'm very sensitive to <laughs> psilocybin, so a very small amount is a lot for me. Uh, it never used to be that way, but I guess I get the more malleable and more exposure. So, mm-hmm. But I, have, I know people that can eat a whole bar. And I mean, they, that's not something they, they're going to do twice, but <laughs> do it, yeah. Um, that's very different now. To, uh, we have a little social dose chocolate, which is uh, 0.7. Um, because what we wanted is we didn't want people to take too much, um, to kind of use the medicine, um, irresponsibly. So we didn't want to package it in a way that you were inclined to do so. So we Mm -hmm. made it where you're going to consume this entire thing and you're not going to overcook. You're Mm going to be social. So it's Mm -hmm. the social dose. And then for that, um, we use uh, Hawaiian, these Hawaiian genetics. At least that's how I got them. They might be anything, but that's, okay. how I, that's what I write on the thing. And um, th- it, the personality is very warm and friendly and, and social and lots of energy. It doesn't have all of the, that psychedelic stuff going on. In fact, it's more, you're more focused and happy and great for conversation around a table. And um, if once you get the right amount in you, you won't overdo it. So uh, about... Nothing against alcohol. I enjoy alcohol. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, I decided to go on an alcohol break. Okay. Um, that was supposed to be like a month or two. And then I got to three, four months and it was, I felt really great. And then I got to six months and it was like day one. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I just went through six months of changing the whole social paradigm to get into this day. And now I, like, I feel great. So why stop now? So then it just went to a year. And with that said, in uh, November, I'm going on a Scotch tour. So it's not like I'm never drinking again. <laughs> I'm Scotland to go to like all. Uh, so, uh, but um, I'm actually nervous to do that because I don't want to like ruin this feeling I have. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, socially, I feel like it's cool to, altered state is a natural thing. Uh, it's a human thing, you know, mm-hmm. people yes. that don't need it blow my mind. I enjoy mm-hmm. altered mm-hmm. states and psychedelics are great for that. And I've come to peace with my own brain. So though there are dark corners in it that maybe a really big experience could stir up some stuff. Um, for the most part, I'm okay being a spectator. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay sitting back and going, oh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> and not freaking out, on, you know, which took time to learn. Um, so I've been looking for things, substitutes when I'm out and I'm being social, and I have soda water with the lime, what can I do to have that some sort of altered state experience that is okay? It's, I'm not going to panic, and it's going to be good. So we, that's how we developed the social dose chocolate. It was for that reason. 
Nice. Um, yeah, that, that was a conversation yeah. we were we were just recently having here at home about, uh, you know, we did a microdose, like a, a quarter of a gram. And just kind of like every time I do that, I'm like, why don't I do this more? Why don't I do this instead of having a couple of beers, you know? Uh, So that that application is definitely valid. I'm curious, though, about your personal practice. How is that like do you have a kind of a, a varied practice or do you kind of always stay within a certain range? Do you intentionally sometimes go into, you know, a bigger dose? And what's that look like for you? Mm. You know, um, I just wait for the call. Mm. I generally wait for the call. So I I don't microdose. I used to. Mm -hmm. I did for a very long time, maybe a year. And that was great. And it served its purpose. And I'm really thankful. It it was a time where it it, it actually kind of put me on the path a bit because I... It really helped smooth out the rough edges of a challenging time and allowed me to approach with grace what was going on because I'm a man now and I cannot make silly mistakes. I have to be conscious about Mm. what I do and it helped with that. And I'm Mm. really grateful. Um, Every once in a while, which the knock is actually there right now, I want to do a a heavier dose. I have a friend of mine here in Jamaica and he grows uh, mushroom uh, he, he doesn't really have a name for it. He just calls it a sacred mushroom. And it's a very, very, very beautiful personality. And he insists you got to come to his house and you've got to take it. He's got to give it to you. And he mm-hmm. has his own a way of handling it, his, his own spiritual protocol. And mm-hmm. then you go for a nice moon, moonlight walk with him by a river and it's beautiful. And when I'm, when I'm consuming that mushroom, I'm very open to going a little bit further than normal in great company as well. Mm. The type of company that you can um, step away if somebody comes up, is talking to you and you're like, I'm not having this right now. You can just go and they're not going to get offended, you know, mm. like you know, in good, good company. And then, uh, and then there are other, um, you know, I'm in the psychedelic world now. So I also consume other psychedelics, you know, like not just mushrooms now. I mean, I haven't made it over to dimethyltryptamine yet, but I definitely have been taking more um, time with LSD, which is okay. interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I go to Burning Man every year. I've been going 10 years with my wife. Okay. And it's our little thing. We like to go into the desert and, you know, pretend that we're seven years old again and <laughs> ride around on bicycles and look at art and go to parties and whatnot. So, um, I, it occurred to me in the psychedelic world that, you know, before when you got LSD, you would get it from the dealer who had the LSD. But where is the guy who synthesized it? And what, what's consciously going on over there? That's kind of the world I want to be tapped into so that I can understand who and what and intentions and the alchemy behind. Because you and I can both make brownies in the same kitchen with the same ingredients and yours come out better than mine, mm. which explains good and bad and fortunately because of my music background and my network there i managed to find just a really great um network and so on occasion i will go down that route that has to be in the desert and then um i uh i i my friend and psychiatrist friend who also goes in the desert with me he's my campmate at burning man a couple of years ago was like, oh, brother, he's the one who gave me acid the first time. 
he goes, oh, now that you've done acid, we've got to get you on some ketamine. And I was like, bro, I want to. But he, but he, he um, set me up with these lozenges. Mm-hmm. And I experimented with them for some time because you could go a little bit or a lot. And then I got to this place where I figured out a whole little system for myself where I'd be at my house in the country, which you've been to, and I would go deep. I'd take a shower, set up like some frequencies playing on a sound system, get an eye pillow, tell everyone to leave me alone, message everybody and be like, don't message me or, or I'm going to be gone for a couple hours. And what I really liked about that is it's like a two, it's like a 90 minute, on 15 to 90 minute thing. It's a full on psychedelic experience, a different kind of psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. And then you're back and you're like, okay, wow. And then I quickly write down um, what it was that just happened. Like quickly before it disappears like a mm-hmm. lucid dream. Mm-hmm. And that helped me with my mushroom experience because with that, it's kind of a disassociative. So it, it, you're observing what's going on around you and you're observing the thoughts kind of like as from the outside. So I, when I learned to do that, then it made me a lot more comfortable going deep on psilocybin mm-hmm. because it made me comfortable obs- just being the observer. Um, you don't really get a calling to do that. And the one thing about both those compounds is so different to psilocybin is when I eat mushrooms, it feels like this thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Uh, whereas anything else feels like something I'm visiting and I'm, it's cool, I check it out, but then it's not like there's some long-term benefit or I'm rewiring anything or it's, it was just like for the time, a perspective shift. So, so what, do you, what do you think this is, this calling? Because I get it, you hear people talk about this. What, it, what's, what is calling to us from the other side of the mushroom? Mm. That's, all right. That's a good question. I, I mean, it's like I tell people when they start their microdose in practice, they say, well, how long do I go? I say, I don't, you tell me how long. <laughs> you know, you'll know. And they go, I'll know. I'm like, I promise you, you will know. And you just mm-hmm. do what you think is best. So with, the, with a big macrodose like that, I don't know. It's not, for me, it's not like, oh, there's a lot going on in my life right now and I need to go and find out what the ancestors are saying. It's not like that. It's more... It's actually the opposite. Usually it's in a, a very smooth time um, where I'm, things are actually going great and I just want to go and spend a little time with, in gratitude, more like a, a, a profound meditation or like a, a moment of, of a serious prayer. Um, I have this, this theory that, you know, Though, it's, um, though there's a lot of merit and value in hiking up a mountain, you can also take the ski lift and the view is the same. <laughs> you know, so yes, I'm sure I could do, spend a lifetime of meditation and learn to tap my own dimethyltryptamine and whatnot, right? But um, sometimes I, um, I just get this calling to do that, you know? So, and then also I have no choice. Also there's the... I grew these mushrooms and one of them says, eat me. <laughs> one, of, one of them specifically goes, eat me. I'm like attracted to it. And, I, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I wind up, and that's usually the best time because it's always super pleasant when that happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So would you say that this is a, a part of a spiritual practice for you then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ineffable is the word. Mm-hmm. to describe 
you know, is the mm -hmm. word we would use because it's really hard to come down and give somebody, what's it like? Oh, well, it's like this. It's, that's very hard. Um, but there's a, a, an absolute sense of being connected to the nature around me. There is this ability to feel um, like a, 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 almost like a, a web to all the people that I've loved. Mm -hmm. And to be able to visit them, I feel like I, in, that, in that space, you, could, you can visit people that are far away. Mm -hmm. What I usually do um, is I'll just reach out to a, a, a few people that I want to, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to try and meet you at that place we were. When, remember when we were at this place? Well, I'll meet you there in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I, I just meditate on that and being in their presence and then try and create that connection to them. There's a lot that you can access. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the more time you spend there, is more comfortable you are there. And, mm -hmm. and then, of course, as you know, integration is important. I like to keep a... I never used to do this before, but I had a... I uh, went through this thing in January, February that um, like for the first time in my life made me want to go and like, get therapy. <laughs> I had to get someone to talk to that. I didn't mm -hmm. know. And I did that. And then uh, because we were spending so much time on me giving them the backstory, I thought what I should do is I should write. I'm, you know, I, I express well in a written form, right? So I should write it out and then just give them ahead of time so that they can have some context before I go into these sessions where I spend the whole session telling you the story. Mm -hmm. And then found that to journal was like amazing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome for me. So I've been just been journaling a lot. Yeah. So I wanna, there's kind of two ideas in this um, same category, which is, your consumer product. I want to first say that it's, it seems like your respect for the mushroom really shows up in the products that you present. You know, the packaging, the branding, everything seems to be really intentional and really thought out. It's, it, it looks like something very special, that gold wrapping, the box and everything. It's just like, this looks like something very special. And I, you know, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the, your intention behind the, the development of the brand itself. And then also, um, kind of after that, if we can move into the, how do you talk to consumers about integration and how do you um, kind of manage the, you know, being one of, if not, I mean, you're, you're probably the biggest public psilocybin consumer brand out there and there's a lot of responsibility yeah. that comes with that so let's let's talk about the branding first and the intentionality yeah. behind that well absolutely we kevin and i kevin burke and myself we've given it tremendous thought it was a year of thi of of thinking and downloading that went into the brand before we ever launched you know um we wanted to make sure that we presented the medicine in a way that broke the narrative of the seven, you know, the eighties, this is your brain on drugs, that kind of stuff. And 
presented it more in that plant medicine um, sacred place that we think, well, we know that it, it should be um, should be viewed as used as you know it's it's medicine it's medicine it's not um, uh, party drugs you know I'm not saying that you can't have a recreational practice of course you can mm -hmm. but it's a very serious thing it's a very important compound and then um, that's that's one um, two when we see other underground psychedelic um, good I know pro goods products whatever it's always you know, a cartoon character on a skateboard or dude with some eyes twirling around or, and that's cool, but that's not how the personality of the Patu mushroom uh, expresses herself, right? So mm -hmm. this felt right to us the same way that when I look down in, the, in my grow and I see one particular mushroom and it's, the mushroom goes, eat me, <laughs> it just feels right, right? So it's like when tuning a guitar, when the two strings are together, it just you it, mm. you know your head goes mm. right so that was really you know how we centered in on the on the branding and of course our own little personal downloads from experiences that we've had where sometimes you get told to do things in certain mm -hmm. ways mm -hmm. more than you consciously you maybe think you came up with the idea yourself but we're not so um arrogant um there are another time in this world you know, I speak to loads of people that have consumer products all over the world, but heavily in America, I go to visit them. And there are people that are doing vo like volume that blows my mind right now. However, they are not in a legal market, and which are well, legal, and they're not allowed to advertise and really step out Mm -hmm. in a way that because we are in Jamaica and because of the laws or the lack thereof here, mm -hmm. we are able to do so, right? Um, we are really, thanks to just somebody who got lazy a long time ago, we are just selling a chocolate bar with some mushrooms in it, you know? It's mm -hmm. just the fact that it makes, has this effect is totally beside, like it doesn't fall into um, the understanding or interpretation of the law here. So we're taking, because we can be out there and out front, we're trying to do our part to help direct the narrative of other brands and, consume, and, and um, consumer, um, uh, the way the consumer interprets the brands, right? To kind of shift away from, you know, let's get, you know, let's get fucked up, you know, we're gonna mm -hmm. shift away mm -hmm. from that and kind of go more, um, because we're also going to be viewed by the, 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 the governments are going to be viewed by, you know, we're going to get viewed. <laughs> we're being viewed. Mm -hmm. So we want to do it in a way that's palatable. It doesn't make anybody ever think um, negatively of the industry as a whole because we'd like to shepherd it in the most responsible and conscious way possible mm -hmm. for us, the, the, the users and everyone that comes behind. And, um, and also to be able to appeal, I think, to the 60 to 70 year old who's just spent most of their life in, with like 
Nancy Reagan and two eggs and some bacon in a pan. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they're yeah. pissed off. Mm. They're very angry, right? Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I interface with a lot of them, and they are really, really, really upset because they, and some of them can't even release the narrative. It's like they had to swallow it so much, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. Even and even I even see the hard time that cannabis has um, changing that paradigm shift in that generation. You almost have to write them off and start mm -hmm. fresh. And ganja is one thing. Psychedelics, I mean, got a real bad rap, and it really blows the mind because all of this research and the PTSD and da, 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 it's not new. <laughs> right. It's, it's not new, right? It's the, they knew all this stuff long ago and it just went cold for all the reasons that we've everyone has seen on documentaries and reading books mm -hmm. right are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human one that honors the divinity within you and all life then sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit psanctuary.org to become a member and find more information. So um, we, we needed something, a product that could, in, a, in the most natural grassroots earth from the soil, Mother Earth presents this gift to you. That's the way we wanted mm -hmm. it um, mm -hmm. to, to feel. Not as uh, we extracted it and the chemical, and then we drew the compound over, and now you have this, you know. So vitamin C is good for us. And instead of eating an orange, we insist on taking uh, a <laughs> cap. Yeah, it's just like, wow, like just eat an orange. Like, because, yeah. And it's the same for even for, even for mushrooms too, because right now that industry is just trying to pull one molecule out from somewhere and brand it or, or patent it rather. And you just eat the whole mushroom. I mean, kind of mm -hmm. involved with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's already, the work's been done already. Yes, yes, nature, yes. Right? So it's crazy that, it, so we, we hope that the way <laughs> that Patu presents, it just makes you feel very, like this is very natural and um, not much has been done. It's, I mean, the, the chocolate bar, which I, I need to say this about the chocolate as well. Jamaica has very high rated cacao mm -hmm. on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. We have some amazing cacao. And... Because when you're purchasing the bar, the price tag is significantly higher than a regular chocolate. Um, and it's an, a whole experience that you're going for, mm -hmm. right? It allows us to look at the chocolate side of things, the cacao side of things, which is also a medicine, right? Mm -hmm. and, and do more with it, you know? Like, so the, cho the chocolate that's in the chocolate bar of the Patu, if you had to pay for that, like, if, if the chocolate industry had to put that quality chocolate in just regular over-the-counter chocolate bars, the price tag on a simple chocolate bar would also shoot up. I mean, mm. one of the biggest expenses for us is the actual cacao, right? It is the, 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 of the highest quality. And as a result, it colors the experience, you know? You have this blast of oxytocin. It's a vegan bar, mm -hmm. you know? And then you feel good. And then on, behind that, you have the 
the expansion of psilocin and psilocybin, whatever, right? And then it, it builds on that. So we have some really great and um, positive feedback from it. But in the bar, I mean, it's cacao, sugar, um, um, psilocybin-containing mushrooms. Um, I mean, I wish we could do something about the sugar, but it's, it's dark chocolate, so it's got minimal sugar, but it's still got mm -hmm. sugar in it. Yeah, you have loads. Sorry, it's like it's like three ingredients, four ingredients, or something. It's not. That's like, beautiful, and it, and it's all it's Jamaican cacao. It's all Jamaican cacao. Everything is earth in Jamaica. All of the um, all of it comes from uh, Saint Thomas on the east coast. Okay, that's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful part of the island yeah. as well. Single source, single source. Oh wow, that's incredible. Yeah, single source, yeah. The chocolate part's a big deal to us, but no one talks about that. Everyone wants to focus on the mushrooms, of course. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's... It's a great chocolate bar. If that's, you know, uh, because mushrooms are still relatively new down there, or if Jamaica... I didn't, I didn't find there to be a real strong chocolate culture in Jamaica like here, you know? I mean, they fucking got the chocolate laid out, you know? It, you know, everything. <laughs> all, it's just a thing. My wife, Courtney, yeah, she's no, there is all up in that. But to, to be able to incorporate that, which is also historical, you know? The Mayan, the most mushroom-using mm -hmm. culture in the world, always combined cacao or often combine cacao with the mushrooms and there is a synergistic effect so uh you know to have those two high quality and then they have that very special mushroom with that very special chocolate and that special packaging you know i mean again set and setting yeah. right you're you're already creating the set and setting or helping with yeah. with that packaging yeah. tell my list tell our listeners though a little bit about the patu itself well historically what is patu in jamaica and why did you use that as the brand Okay, right. So the uh, a patu in Jamaica is a brown Jamaican owl, and of course in like I not count the amount of cultures, the owl is a is a sacred bird that you know sees behind the veil, mm -hmm. and it's the same in. I have to actually throw this in and tell you that a patu in Jamaica is an owl, but really what they're talking about is a bird called a paku which is actually a night jar. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not cute. Yeah, they're not cute. They usually sit on um, fence posts and they're, they're in the day and if they're sleeping in the day and they look like an extension of the fence post, huh. you would never know. You look on the fence post and think it's, or, or a, a limb of a, a dried limb on a tree, but it's huh. actually a, um, a paku. Okay. So somehow Jamaicans thought that was an owl, and the name is Paku, turns into Patu, and now our local owl is a Patu. It's, it's not, it's, but anyway, we, yeah, we, um, yeah, we centered on the owls because of the spiritual connotation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. You know? Yeah. So then, so now moving into um, like the social implications of, of putting out a psychedelic chocolate in, sto in stores I mean, that's that's a big move right you like you said you put your yeah. you put your neck out for the chopping and you're still here yeah. head head and all so but surely you must have kind of had some challenges early on and like are are, are you educating the public around integration and harm supports and kind of that aspect or do you just like is there is there information on the packaging that provides direction how, yes. how do you deal with all that yeah yeah there's information on the packaging we also have a the website patujamaica.com where we share information not just on on us but on what's going on in the industry mm -hmm. um 
papers that have been published, etc., etc., etc. It's a hub because, again, that is all part of mindset. Education to me is the first most important part, right? Mm -hmm. So that when you're deep in the throes of something profound, in the back of your mind, there isn't that nagging, just narrative trying to sneak in and derail everything. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go crazy. <laughs> just hold tight, you know, it's, you're just working <laughs> some stuff out. If that's the case, which, it, you know, if you go in free and open, you know that that's not even, gonna, that's not even happening. Um, we also like to spend time in the, in the retailers and spend time with the staff. You know, we generally um, gift the staff of different places um, product so that they can have um, some personal time as well. And, you know, with their journey, they don't have to. It's, a, it's just an option that is mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. um, and we will spend time. We'll spend time before we onboard any, any new distrib distribution, center of distribution. We will um, go and spend time. We'll go in, we'll interface with the people that are coming in with the staff so that they can kind of hear what's going on, see what we're presenting, how we, how we um, present it. And then on the aftercare side of things, you know, there are a lot of um, therapists, sitters, I don't know what the right term is, it keeps changing mm -hmm, these days, mm -hmm. but whatever the right term is, <laughs> people that have sat with hundreds of people with, with the medicine, you know, that, you know, clearly it's a small community. So, you know, we have our own relationships and I like to direct people to people, you know, mm -hmm, anybody mm -hmm. that reaches out to us, we're here, we're always open. And it should be noted as well that because of the personality of the mushroom in the big bar, it's not super visual. You know, it's, it really isn't. You, know, you're, you're, you took mushrooms for sure. You're having a profound experience. But things aren't moving all over the place and bunnies are jumping out of the ground. That mushroom doesn't really do that. Mm -hmm. And I have found that once people's eyes don't start doing crazy things, they can hold it together. Mm -hmm. So we presented this particular product knowing that the personality of the fruit inside of it wouldn't um, wind up having a whole bunch of damage down the road. Like, not to say it is a beginner mushroom. I don't know if there's any such thing as a beginner mushroom. Mm -hmm. um, but it was definitely the best foot forward for a four gram bar. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were to get the social dose, which is 0.7, and eat um, two or three of those, that would be a very different experience. That mushroom is really cool for being a social dose at that, at that amount. Mm -hmm. But if you ramp up on that bad boy, stuff will definitely be moving all over the place. You know? So, um, but no, I don't think people are doing that. I don't think people are buying two or three social doses mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and, and having that. Um, we also wanted to make it, uh, which is also important to say, that we are aware that for Jamaican people, the cost of a patu bar can be prohibitive. Mm -hmm. We try to make it as affordable as possible. I'm sure in the uh, in anywhere that sells uh, tourists have a higher price point because that's even cheaper than what people from California and Denver mm -hmm. and whatever mm -hmm. even expect to pay. Right? Mm -hmm. They come and go. Oh wow, it's a deal. But for Jamaican people, it's a lot. And mm -hmm. the, our whole thing is to get medicine to Jamaican people because mm -hmm. we feel that. 
you know, just the consciousness of the mushroom could also help influence in a positive way just our general culture, which mm -hmm. could always do with a little positivity, right? Mm -hmm. and that would be a, like almost like a social mission for us, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but it is expensive to produce. So, though the, it might feel that way to the consumer, like, man, it's just a lot for the bar. I mean, you can go, obviously, there's other options with the social dose, but it, like we try, we try to present it at a price point that was, I mean, there's not much room to go down with it. Mm -hmm. um, I understand. We try to make it very accessible because that, to me, would be the right way to serve the mushroom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the what's the social acceptance around mushrooms looking like? I mean, when I first started doing retreats there in 2013, it was pure crazy white people shit. This is all this is. Ain't yeah. no Jama yeah. no Jamaican was touching a mushroom, and yeah. obviously it's shifting. But to what degree? Um, I think. Oh, so I don't know if this happens to everybody else. It definitely happens to me. I'm on Instagram. I'm constantly served with mushroom, this, that, and the other. Mm. I'm walking down a, um, a bunch of shops, and the backdrop is our mushrooms. <laughs> um, on albums of music right now, it's mushrooms. You cannot turn yeah, around. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. And mushrooms aren't coming at you, right? So then, um, having learned from the mistakes of the past, the people who are shepherding the narrative at the highest level, I'm going to say in America and Canada, or in America, um, are being very responsible with making sure that the, the paradigm in a way it's, it shifts, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and, and from a scientific place, they're, they're not coming with the anecdotal stuff anymore. They're coming with, this is the science mm -hmm. behind why this works and why, you know, this is a fact. So it's making it that it's hard to deny, like those old things that you could hide behind that weren't true, those old stories, mm -hmm. it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to hide behind that, especially at the regulatory level, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't know what's going on in, you know, in behind closed doors in Jamaica or maybe what, how it's viewed, but it's kind of hard to prove at this point that it's not super beneficial. I mean, the president of the States just spoke about, in the short run, having psychedelics off the list, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, people just had a really hard time with that pandemic. Mm -hmm. They were locked up inside their house. That's like the worst thing you can do for anyone struggling with mental health problems. Mm -hmm. Isolate them. And we have a lot of people that are really hurting. And um, those crazy meds uh, in the drug business, they say you can never get enough of something that almost works. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So... All of those SSRIs and whatnot, they almost work. Mm -hmm. You know, if you even look at the, mm. the action, the science in the action, now that I'm more like, um, versed on the neurology and the neuropharmacology of things, I go, wow, that was really like, that's like a scattershot, hoping that that's going to yeah. work. But psilocybin does work. Mm -hmm. And people are hurting. And it would be really hard. It would be almost like sadistic at this point to deny people this, a natural medicine that they can help themselves with. Because you have a lot of people that will suffer, suffer in, in birth, they'll suffer in pain and agony because something isn't legal. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to me. It, it's, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for them. Incredible to me, you know? So I think that the acceptance in Jamaica um, is shifting. 
However, I could be in an echo chamber because all of us are high-fiving each other about machines. Because <laughs> that's the only people I hang out with now, right? So, um, well, 10 um, years ago, you, all of the things, right? you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have had mushroom people to hang out with 10 years ago, you know? So even at that scale, it's growing out. <laughs> um, I went last year to the Wonderland conference, Microdose mm -hmm. puts it on. I'm going again this early November. And of course, around it, I always um, schedule my business meetings, meet and greets with other companies that are doing cool things, people that have really awesome science that I would like to employ, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and then, of course, there is the, in, the investor who is looking for a way to, you know, he, maybe he sat with ayahuasca in Peru and now he wants to do this with, and he did this with mushrooms and he wants to just with, you know, empower which is mm -hmm. awesome. A lot of people that just want to empower. So thanks for that. Um, but to be talking about psychedelics and being like, I can have a Zoom call now or like schedule a Zoom and they're like, well, what about Sunday? And I go, no, Sunday I'm eating mushrooms. And that's perfectly, mm -hmm. that's perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So in that way, yeah, things have definitely been shifting and, and it's, it's continuing to shift. And I, Jamaica, I would imagine we'll, um, we'll see that and be more open to shifting down here. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, we're going to have a whole generation is going to have to. Um, they're going to have to step away from mm -hmm. positions of power and have fresh blood come in. Yeah. And I think also with the um, with phone screens, you know, um, we have this, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I, I wake up in the morning and I pick up my phone to look at the time. But it's not really the time. So I'm looking at my messages and then the gram and then I get sucked in. And then it hit me a couple of months ago when I was going through my thing or I had to like, I, I chose to finally do some therapy. Um, it hit me that I hadn't even said thanks to the Most High for waking up. Before I was on the phone. Mm -hmm. So now I, mm -hmm. I have this practice where at that point where you haven't opened your eyes yet, but you're awake. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks to my no drinking, I wake up pretty, pretty fresh every morning. <laughs> right. Um, so I do my little personal gratitude and meditation and whatnot. Um, I'm saying this because even when I'm praying, the compulsion to look at the phone is so great. And I go, why is it so great? And now I understand it's my... Um, it is my bad relationship with my dopamine receptors. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just the brain loves its dopamine. Mm -hmm. It must get it. And it could get it from healthy things like exercise, of which I, am, I love exercise. But it loves it. It just wants all of it all mm -hmm, the time. Hence mm -hmm. cocaine addiction and various, uh, all drugs that have a, a dopamine response are the ones that have the addiction um, uh, you know, where you can slip into an addiction situation, mm -hmm. right? So um, psilocybin, uh, or rather, uh, serotonin shuts off the, the dopamine. You know, we're eating, that's dopamine. Our stomach gets full, serotonin kicks over. We don't want to eat anymore. No, we just have that feeling of, oh, I feel great. I just ate this food and I feel great. Sex is a really good example. You know, pre-orgasm, that's dopamine. At the point of orgasm, it switches to serotonin. Mm. It's like a bicep and a tricep. You can't shorten both muscles at the same time. So <laughs> the dopamine or the serotonin both feel good. So in like a microdosing practice, if you're taking 
a little bit of, of psilocybin each day, it bonds to that S1, S2 receptor. Mm -hmm. And uh, because that receptor is loaded, even in a subperceptive amount, it quiets that dopamine nagging thing that's like just on you. Now, in this current world where it's just the gram, it's Facebook, TikTok, TikTok is the worst. Mm -hmm. But like, it's all bad. Um, pornography, I did not know that you could have a porn addiction. Someone mm -hmm. told me the other day, an addiction guy that we were working with at the last microdose, and I, I learned it's not that you, you get a dopamine response by watching pornography. You get a dopamine response by looking for the next thing mm -hmm. that arouses mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So that's just looking, you know, um, with drinking alcohol, from that you order the drink and the bartender starts making it, the dopamine response has started. It's not, so that's why you'll be at lunch and you'll get to, you'll order the beer and you'll drink the beer and then halfway through the beer, you look on it and say, why, why did I get this? I, I don't even have time for this right now. And then you won't finish it. That's <laughs> because yes, you got the dopamine you needed. Yeah, yeah. That's what you really needed. So um, it, it, I, I do notice now that with, you know, consuming more and more serotonin, um, psilocybin, uh, the things that would nag at me or maybe I wouldn't have restful sleep or my brain won't shut off, blah, 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 blah. That has changed. And um, I think that today more than ever, I mean, dude, the kids, I have two sons, 17 and 15. Neither one of them are depressed. However, a lot of their friends are. Mm. And my, my boys, one of them is on the phone a lot, which is the older one, right? The younger one does stuff like he was fishing and hangs out and whatnot. You message him, you get a response in like a day, whereas <laughs> the older one is on it. Uh, but it's the screens. They sleep with it, like in the bed mm -hmm. with them. They have mm -hmm. the AirPods in. They'll be sleeping with like a YouTube video playing and you have to come up and like, you, no matter how you tell them, they can't stop. Like they cannot control yeah. themselves. There's no self-discipline, no self-governance. Right, well, that, this generation is growing up. We are allowing them. I mean, I feel like a terrible dad admitting that, that I, this happened to me when my boys were in their developing years or early years or you have to put in AirPods out of airs. And, and then you go, why did I give them this? Right? <laughs> why did I do this? But it's really bad. It's really, really, really bad. And there's going to be, uh, we're heading to like this on top of um, our pill popping culture and all of the um, pharmaceuticals and whatnot. We are heading to where young kids are depressed. You know, it's chemical. Mm -hmm. It's chemical. So we do need that way to balance chemistry in a natural way, balance neurochemistry. Mm -hmm. So it's time, it's, it's time for psilocybin right now. I uh, completely agree. Yeah, we're going to see so much more applicability as time goes on, as we have more and more um, lifestyle choices that do get us hooked on that dopamine. You know, that's really important what you point out there to come mm -hmm. back to that kind of neurochemical basis of it. You were, you were pretty heavily involved in the early cannabis industry too, weren't you? Uh, yeah, but I was an outlaw. Oh, oh, you, <laughs> I was well, I mean, but it did, weren't you, you involved? Can say in that. No, 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 it's that's uh, I was legacy. Yeah, so yeah, I was, um, I'm a musician, I, I'm in a band called the Roots Underground, and mm -hmm. we were, um, our popularity kicked off in like 2005, right at the time where. California, um, Colorado, um, 
Oregon and, and Washington State were going through their changes in legislation. And we were, were reggae, so we were really popular in, you know, the, the, the golden triangle of Mendocino, um, Trinity County, and uh, Humboldt. And we would play all of those festivals, and we're coming out of Jamaica, and there wasn't really a band band for a long time, like, other than backing bands. There was, like, Third World. There, no, I shouldn't say. There were, there were obviously acts, but there was a gap. Now there's, like, a million bands, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, but we were the only ones out there at that time touring, and um, we would get booked a lot for um, harvest parties up on some farm somewhere. Back oh, wow. then, trimmers, uh, there's like 50 trimmers, they're getting $200 a pound, you know, like everybody, money is feeling, everyone's feeling nice, very festive. You know, it's usually um, between uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving, that's harvest, right? So, mm-hmm. um, uh, we were just exposed there heavily to that part of the cannabis industry, you know, playing reggae on the river and Sierra Nevada and uh, over there. And then, of course, down in Colorado. And, um, and then my, my father's, one of his best friends was who, who was a ganja grower in Jamaica, American, who lived here. And he, um, he's who inspired me in the very beginning as a kid to play the guitar. And then after my parents, uh, I lost my parents when I was young. I was like 21. And shortly after they died, he said, you know, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. Your father is gone. Mother God, I'm out. Right. So he moved back to America and then slowly made his way to, um, I think he moved out like 2000 to Humboldt. So he was over there and he was my guitar hero. And he was also um, legacy. So we would, um, when the, in between shows or in the tour we would kind of go and visit him play guitar play parties for the harvest you know the harvest up there and then after a while we're like yo we should just stay up here and um help him with the harvest i mean he only did like 100 150 pounds a run um annually right here Mm -hmm. right so uh, outdoor and then like that part but it, it i really got into it and i was really close to the plant up on this mountain and then we also got sponsored by Roots Organics, which was like one of the big soil companies mm-hmm. at the time. And they still are maybe the biggest. Mm-hmm. And we became friends with um, Austin Weiner and his partner, Bo. And we were just immersed in it. And then when we weren't touring as much, I went back over there and started spending more and more time. And uh, uh, yeah, the rest is history. But I, I got distracted by the... the by being on a mountain and I never really, it took, I was a dollar short and a day late to like come back to Jamaica and apply for licenses and you know. So by the time I thought to do that, it was kind of, um, it was too late. I'm curious what kind of similarities and differences you're seeing between the legal cannabis market and the legal psilocybin market. You know, Jamaica is the only place right now that you can really get a good kind of big perspective on what legal psilocybin could look like and yeah what are what do you what do you see in 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 relation between the two well my takeaway you know ganja is is a very different plant medicine it's extremely powerful um in fact the highest i've ever been in life was um a tincture Mm. It was two days. It was not pleasant. Not, not mm. one minute of it was pleasant. It was horrible, actually. 
Mm. I'd never want to repeat it. I'd run away if he came in a room with that stuff, right? But um, uh, the difference is that in, or I think, the, the, the ganja consumer interfaces with the raw material. He wants to hold the body, he wants to crush it, sniff it, smell it, the whole thing. Mm. And he wants to build it himself or... He wants to at least see it and then buy a pre-roll. That, even that, I think that is shifting. But definitely, you're always going to want to interface with the raw material. Mm-hmm. I feel like mushrooms are not going to follow that path. Mm. I mean, not all. I have, I have um, some strains that taste great. That you, could, you, would, you can just eat them. It's like mm-hmm. a, it tastes like that, the wafer that they give you in, in Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Just, it just doesn't taste. But, you know. Um, with, the, with the kind of that, that metallic end finish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they don't taste great. And I don't think right. people necessarily want to interface with them. And you and I both know that you don't treat them the right way and all of the magic can just kind of disappear from mm-hmm, them. You know, mm-hmm. the, the oxygen and sunlight and whatnot. So mm-hmm. creating a stable end user product is the direction for retailers it's about products it's -hmm. about a product that people can be sure about the dosing and be somewhat um, familiar with the experience also i think that if you consume a patu bar and you have a profoundly positive experience i don't think you're necessarily going to go back into the mushroom store and be like um what new product can i try now you know, it's, it's, I feel like there's a certain sense of brand loyalty that will come. Whereas mm-hmm. in Ganjo, the only loyalty is if it's good today. <laughs> you know, somebody, can, somebody can be buying pounds of weed from you for 10 years. If they show up on 10 years in a day and look down on it and it doesn't look right, they're not buying it. They're going to come here and be like, hey, bro. When it gets good again, call me. That's loyalty. <laughs> that, that you can actually call him. There's no, there's no um, brand loyalty to right to cannabis. So no. I think there's there's that is a big difference as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You know, it is two different, two very different worlds. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's I, you also sip at the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're at this big glacial lake and with. Ganja, you're, you just take, you just bend down and like drink a sip from the lake, mm-hmm. right? Um, there is a whole lake behind it. If you really and truly, <laughs> it's powerful. If you yeah. if you eat an edible, which I mean, it's not even the exact same action mm-hmm. anymore. I, I used to think it was the same, but it's uh, when you smoke it, it's tetrahydrocannabinol, and when you mm-hmm. eat it, it's eleven hydroxy tetrahydrocannabinol. It's a different thing, which is why right. some people can eat edibles and be like, I love edible. I you keep that away from me. I do not want an edible at any time. Right? So it's not fun, right? So people are just different with that. So mushrooms, you know, you can be in the like the full throw of it. But you know, it, also the action is going to be over at a certain time too. Like uh, the, drinking and smoking ganja are required a reset of sleep. Mm. Like you drink a, a, a couple of beers at lunch, and you're going to be aware that you drank at lunch for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, then you're fresh again. 
Same with smoking. If you wake up in the morning and start smoking herb, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. For me, there's that, like this dull cloud that follows me the whole rest of the day. Mm -hmm. I got to go to sleep that night, wake up mm -hmm. the next morning. But with mushrooms, you can con you, it puts you right back where it found you when it's finished. Hmm. You know, like, you, I mean, yes, your, your, um, thought, your, the way you look at things might be a little bit different, but like, as far as earlier today, I ate mushrooms. Mm, not so much, you know, right. it's very yeah. gentle when it returns you. Mm -hmm. So there's that as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of differences. It's just, I, I asked that because as I was involved in Jamaica, I heard a lot of people making comparisons like cannabis and mushrooms are going to operate the same way. The market's going to be the same and they're just completely different, you know, and in, in all those ways that you listed. And then in terms of the occasional and often need of support and, you know, and having somebody there if shit gets wonky or just being able, being trained yourself to know, you know, if you smoke high very, or you smoke weed very seldomly do people find themselves in a state of panic. The edibles, yeah, it happens, but even still not as much as I think sometimes happens with mushrooms. But that being said, you know, one of the things that we're really working to do here with Sanctuary is build a community where it's just people supporting people. No, you don't have to pay a bunch of money for somebody to sit with you while you take mushrooms. It's just people that take mushrooms. They know how to take mushrooms. They enjoy taking mushrooms and they enjoy being with other people in that space and just everybody supporting each other, you know. And I'm just curious. I'm so excited and curious to see how this is going to develop. And because we're in the space that we're in with this church, then we can operate in a way that is very different than like Oregon, what you're seeing there and all this highly regulated mm -hmm. and even the retreats in Jamaica. Just We just feel like so much more of a sense of freedom in this space. And that's what we would ultimately like to transfer to others. So, you know, what you're doing with Patu and bringing this to the public and, and, and having education be a component of that, having respect be a component of that, the intentionality behind the product and the design of the product and all of that, it feels to me like you are trying to educate the culture on how to bring this in as just a, a, a normal part of life. Yeah. Well, first of all, bro, I have a lot of ratings for what you've been doing. You know, that's, it's nice. it's, that, that's the way I personally want to take mushrooms. I'm, I'm, the retreats are great, but they, that speaks to somebody that needs something different mm -hmm. than me personally. So it's great to know that I can come over by you and just eat some mushrooms with a bunch of people that know about eating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Should I have a need for some support? The, there's a community of support that, you know, I think that your approach, well, I mean, is the traditional approach that's been going on mm. from, for thousands of years. It's just a modern version of it. You just uh, have found a way to package it um, that fits into Babylon's system. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's <laughs> but it's really, it's not reinventing a wheel, it's just doing it. Um, the right way for now. Um, um, I, 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 I lost the thread, what you were saying? Nothing, I was just, I was just basically just, you know, respecting the way how you're bringing this brand yeah. to the public and educating the public to use it in a safe way yeah, that doesn't yeah. require an, a big yeah. infrastructure around it, you know? I, I, I really hope, Eric, that the powers that be allow 
the industry to just be a little, just keep being a little bit more organic. I mean, mm -hmm. you and I know that that's wishful thinking. But um, I hope it keeps going that way because up at this point, I mean, there are quite a few brands on the market in Jamaica today. Mm -hmm. And I have my ear to the ground and I speak to everybody and I don't, you know, we are all um, shepherding it together and we all hit different parts of the uh, we, we offer diff slightly different things, so it kind of comes down to what people are looking for. Um, I don't think there's too much crossover all the time, to be honest. And we don't want any negative press or any bad vibes or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I think uh, even in the way that we roll out the products, it's not just a free-for-all, like everybody come get some. It's not mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. It's like to onboard someone new takes a lot of time mm -hmm. you know to make sure because you know you don't want to give anybody any excuse for anything you know because you know how it's, mm -hmm. you know how it can mm -hmm. be oh, like yeah. thought, one million good things no one cares one slightly bad <laughs> right? and yeah i know <laughs> everybody's pouncing yeah take it and run yeah yeah i do know that i know how that goes well man i just i just really appreciate what you're doing i appreciate you taking the time for this conversation before we wrap it up though like i had uh prepped you with what what does psilocybin say to charles lazarus well you did prep me all right but then we spoke I want to make it concise right um, this is what it is for me I spent the last 20 years playing music and I felt and I, and I was on a divine path that was set out as a reward for who knows, other lifetimes of challenge. And um, just because of life, I, I, I find myself having to transition. But having known 20 years of serving the Most High, it, at first it was a bit um, destabilizing, not knowing how I was going to do so. And now I've been gifted this opportunity with psilocybin mushrooms which to me is a calling i feel like i've been chosen to be on this path and i plan on serving this path and not looking left or right and just keeping my my focus because you can't work for the mosai every day mm. and he lets you starve so i'm not mm -hmm. even looking about that mm. i want to be able to help people i don't think it's fair that some people um don't you know don't have the some the, some connection that we others might take for granted and opportunities should be there for them so psilocybin to me is um i, I want to say I, I want to be a an agent of change through psilocybin well it seems like you are doing just that my man making big waves down there on the on the the little island with the big sound really appreciate your work uh, and appreciate you being here yeah. Thanks for having me, Eric. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love and respect.
Alright brother, bless you.